Welcome to Practical Access. I am Lisa Dicker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. Uh, so this next topic um, is one that I think you'll enjoy. Um, the question was, um, you know, how do we help kids handle anxiety you know, and how is this impacting their learning? You know, there's a lot of anxiety, obviously, right now among all of us. What does that mean in school? Uh, yeah, I was looking for some help with that topic myself. So yeah, no, not to make light of it because it truly is a time for kids. Um, and I think, you know, what you find is, again, we're not medical doctors. <laughs> uh, we, you know, don't claim any legal, but what I think we both do know is under arousal and over arousal is dangerous. You know, if a kid is too excited about everything and they're running around your house, that's a level of anxiety just as much as if I'm not doing anything. And I think what we know is when people are less anxious is when everything's in moderation. So I don't know your thoughts. That's kind of one of my beginning thoughts. When I think <laughs> Thanks. You really, you really kicked that over to me with a wide, wide open. Thanks, Lisa. Um, you know, I guess the first thing that pops in my mind when I think about this, this idea of anxiety and the interplay with school is it's not limited to this day and time. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly there are more people with anxiety right now, likely, than usual. We have kids who feel anxious in our classrooms face-to-face -face all the time, and you just, you just, you don't always see it. You can't necessarily see it. And the, the, there's a quote from, I believe it's from a book called Begin with the Brain, and it's a, so many, many years ago now, really resonated with me. And that it was emotions are the gatekeeper to the intellect. And when you think about it and you think about uh, any person who's gone through a traumatic event, a divorce, a death in the family, something, we literally can't even think about, we can't even use that higher order thinking. The, the blood's not even flowing to that part of the brain. We're still in that fight or flight and self-preservation mode. So I don't know that there, you know, it's not very real for some kids right now. Uh, the, the fact that they really literally physiologically may be unable to fully deeply process learning, notwithstanding all of the online piece of it. So I think first and foremost, we all need to understand the impact that anxiety is going to be playing on kids' actual performance right now. I think that's a huge concern. Yeah, and I think we have to remind ourselves. I mean, I think if you ever have a pet, it's, it's one that I try to remember when I'm working with kids or, you know, with my own son, even, even as a family unit, is if you're really stressed about something, your pet senses it very quickly. And I think when we're at home and we're stressed out and the phone's ringing and the online teacher wants to talk to us and the pot is boiling over because you're now the takeout, carry out, cook all, everything in your house, you become stressed and then that can go over to the child. And, and so I think as teachers, we have to remember that our job is to be less stressed when we approach an online environment. I'm really big when somebody comes online, and you know me, Becky, I'm a little on the hyper side, but when somebody's, <laughs> I'm like, 
click the button, move the mouse, it's okay. I think the tone of voice that we use with kids can de-escalate some of that. And yet I think if they're under aroused and they're like sitting at the level, you know, try something that's funny, get some laughter, get something that will kind of grab their attention to arouse them a little bit. Or if they're overexcited, really kind of approach that. And I think that's where I was talking about this moderation is making sure we get kids in that sweet spot of not too anxious, but not lack of any anxiety because then I don't feel the need, as you said, be motivated to do anything. And the, the other thing I keep thinking about about anxious, anxious children is they tend to overestimate the situation. You know, my dog's going to get this, my cat's going to get this, my, you know, and, and again, it is scary. And yet their ability to cope with that, they often underestimate. So having a lot of conversations like, well, what could we do? We know a vet, we know a friend, having that kid have dialogue with you, because normally when they think aloud, the scenario in their head is often worse than what it really might be, or they don't have any coping strategies. And I think it's the blend of those two that really can help lower anxiety. You, you said the exact term that I was just thinking about, and that is think aloud. Yeah. Actually thinking about that from the teacher standpoint. It's a good time for every, every teacher right now to Google, you know, how, how do I, you know, how, how do I manage stress, you know, and, and how do you interpret stress so that you can literally, when meeting online with your students, use think aloud strategies to say, wow, I, I'm feeling anxious <clears throat> about being on this computer so much, but I just keep reminding myself, you know, X, Y, or Z. Or when I feel like this, sometimes I like to sit down and take five minutes. So that idea of using think alouds to help kids learn to manage their stress, but of course, that only works if the kids are talking actually to teachers. Mm -hmm. Some things you think maybe they could do, Lisa, if they're not having these synchronous discussions with teachers, how do we help kids deal with anxiety if they don't have direct contact with the teacher? Yeah, you know, I think some really simple things like giving them assignments like cosmic yoga and go do a little bit of deep breathing. I mean, I think we all need to do that right now. I love Goldie Hahn has kind of committed herself to something called Mind Up where the kids can go and learn about their brain and what causes stress. So again, if a kid is of the right age and they can understand that, but I think a walk, you know, assigning a walk, uh, again, if kids can't walk far because there's not a park, it's not safe for them. They're by, you know, by themselves, but think about that. How can I get them out of nature? And then my favorite people on the planet are the art teachers. Um, can they assign some things about your fears or drawing or the guidance counselor having open lunches? And I think it's that type of world that we need now more than ever, but I think we need it even when we're back in a brick and mortar building. Definitely needed both places. One other thing that I always used when I was working with kids with severe emotional behavioral disorders, most of whom had anxiety, and a lot of times their behaviors were just a manifestation of those anxieties. So uh, one of the things that I taught my students very early on were general principles of biofeedback. And this might be a good chance to do that, whether or a teacher. I taught my students to monitor their own heart rate in the old fashioned way where they literally just count the beats per minute. 
Then I would have them do jumping jacks and monitor the beat per minute. Then I have them drink soda. Then I would have them do different things and, and, and chart it. So they would become aware of what impacted <clears throat> their, their heart rate. So once I got them really understanding that, then I could teach them, hey, did you know? You can also make it go down. Let's try ways to make it go down. Let's see what it feels like if we play music. Let's see what it feels like if we bang on a drum. Is it going up or down? But getting kids literally to start learning some techniques um, to manage their own stress, because at the end of the day, they're not going to be in school forever. We need to know how to manage our own stress as adults. So I did use basic biofeedback, uh, one of my very favorite things to do, and you could try it. Tell them about your app, right? Because I was like, you got no, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not telling them about my app. But I'm going to tell them about a marshmallow on your palm with a toothpick in it. And if you're very still and if your heart is beating enough, you can literally count the number of times the toothpick wiggles. Well, so that's my low-tech version. Got it. Now, of course, I have apps <laughs> yes. to measure things like heart rate. And, of course, I have an app. It's called um, finger scan. It would just tell me what my mood is yeah. because I do teach kids every chance I get to monitor their own mood, to monitor their own well-being, so that they can start to take control of that. Yeah, and so your mood app. Let's just put it into retro fashion for some of our listeners that are not app friendly. Would be what we were when we were in school and thought we were cool and mood ring, right? And exactly. would change to black when you're temperature was high and your boyfriend broke up with you or it would um, turn to blue and calm. So the app does something similar to that, which I know you're really famous to hand that to kids when they're anxious and angry and see if they can change their app, which I think is a great idea. Absolutely. Because it's not even about whether or not it's validly measuring that they're angry. <laughs> the whole point of it is um, it will afterwards say, Hey, you look like you're happy. So even if I wasn't, maybe I'll, yeah, I feel pretty happy. Um, or if it says, hey, it looks like you're a little stressed. Why don't you try this? And it does give you um, a few little tips about how you might be able to relax. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like just really trying to be positive. I tend to be on the overly positive side most of the time. I do get worried. But, you know, asking, like, so what went well today? I mean, that was always my approach when, you know, this is wrong and that's wrong and that I'm like, okay, but what went well today? And I think that's a good question we should be asking ourselves. Yeah. I'm tired of, you know, cooking food in my house and I'm tired of being not driving my car, but you know what, what went well today is my cat was nice to me again, whatever it might be um, having our children who might be anxious, talk about that. And then there are a lot of really great anxiety books. So you might just do a Google search. Maybe that's something that you might want to do. And then I would recommend there's, there's these workbooks for teens and these relaxation workbooks that you could do. No teenager is going to read them, but maybe you want to read them and suggest, hey, I'm going to go out in nature and close my eyes and just sit in the grass for five minutes and think about all the positive things that happened today. Again, modeling that I think is what we should be doing for adult as adults, whether that be as a parent, maybe we, we don't have the capability to do that right now because we have so much going on. We might be being a caregiver, but could teachers do that? Could we make that a part of our standard routine? And I've been using this model in my online world of 4020 
40 minutes online, 20 minutes, send them away to do something. Those would be the great send away. Go to mind up and come back and tell me something you learned about your brain. Go do cosmic yoga and do five minutes of deep breathing. And then let me tell me what made you feel better. Um, if you find kids are anxious. Um, since, since I did mention a little bit of technology, even though you you just told us a way to get away from it for 20 minutes. Um, I did want to at least mention two other, two other apps that I've used. One, one um, is called Calm Talk, and I believe that that focuses more on kids um, on the autism spectrum. I haven't looked at it, honestly, in the last year, so I, I cannot say whether it's still free, um, <laughs> whether it's still functioning. Um, but the last time I used it, I found it to be, I found it to be helpful and actually um, pretty interesting. And then the other one is simply tiny piano. It's literally a little piano you can play on your phone. And when I was finishing my doctoral degree, I literally rented a, a big piano and put it in my house. And it wasn't a big piano. I didn't say that because now it sounds like I had a lot of money. It was a crappy little piano, but <laughs> I, it felt big to me in my little house. And I would just sit and bang on the keys and just try to you know, take my mind off of what I was studying because I just needed that, that brain break in a completely different way. And, um, and it felt great. It helped me reduce my anxiety and get back to work. Yeah. And I think my last thought, I'm going to go no tech, which is not typical, uh, but I'm going to go low, low tech. And, you know, maybe the conversation is to really help your kids think about which internal signal is really struggling. Is it physical? Like I just need to get out and move uh, again. There are many kids that that's anxiety producing. How do we move in a tiny little apartment and in a small space? Um, the second one is, is it emotional? Are they missing their friends? You know, so again, it goes back to what you were saying. Can we talk? Um, to our kids or can we communicate through the communication device if it's limited but I think the one that we often forget about that also causes anxiety are thoughts and those are harder to, to know emotional and physical normally present themselves in some way for that kid who's sitting there silently so again it goes back to what you said not only thinking aloud but could you you know penny for your thoughts that's an old saying but could you share two things you're thinking right now well I'm thinking that, that I don't like being in this house anymore and I don't like my teachers, whatever it is. And then having those discussions um, can really lower that anxiety. And I think those three buckets are ones we should remember as teachers and parents. It's not always easy, but I 100% agree. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this uh, session of Practical Access. If you have questions, please send them to Twitter at Access Practical.